Greg Cody, we that kind of thing. Greg Cody, we continue. You don't know the words to your own song. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Welcome to Greg Week on the podcast. I know it may seem like every week on the podcast is Greg Week, but this time it is because we're taking you on a travel log of activities uh, that have involved me over the past week. And we, we want to start off with, you know, I've gone my whole life saying the phrase, hey, hey, we're the monkeys, <laughs> just because. And guess what we did earlier this week? We saw the monkeys. Your mother and I, my lovely wife, Erlene, and I had front row seats Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. I, I, I just love how you have this podcast that's an, like, you kind of made the joke already, but like, how is this any different, this this episode? This is the most narcissistic podcast ever. Okay. And so this week, it's just like, we just have a name for it. We're calling it Greg Week. Right. I'm peeling back the curtain. Uh, I, I want people to see what my life is like uh, when they're not listening to me or watching me or whatever, when I'm out of the public eye. So you've bothered mom on her uh, work during her work week. So she's at work right now on Zoom. And uh, I want to bring her in by asking uh, mom, when how surprised were you that dad actually, because usually you make the purchases for like tickets and you're the one that buys the good seats. And when dad usually buys the tickets, the seats aren't as good because he's a little cheaper than you are. How surprised were you to see front row seats for this concert? Well, I saw how much they cost before we got there. So when <laughs> they ended up being $85 for front row. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I All right. It. So he saw $85 in front row and it was like, you know, the $85 attracted him so much. He didn't care where they were. Yeah. So that's what it was. Cause dad, we talked about this earlier and you didn't mention the price. You were like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I wanted to treat my wife. So I bought front. You didn't mention that they were oddly cheap front row tickets. Well, I'd prefer to leave it at front row seats because it sounds more impressive than it is when you say that I spent 85 bucks because normally uh, a front row seat to a concert we would normally go to would be many, many hundreds and and we've paid over a couple of thousand dollars for tickets before. So this was like super, like laugh out loud, cheap, $85. Have we paid for that? Have we have paid for that? You never knew how much any seat we ever had until we get there. And then you have a heart attack while we're sitting there. I want to know how much the Elton John front row tickets in Vegas were. $2,500 each. <laughs> See, that's like, that's what I was kind of imagining. Like I knew the monkeys weren't going to be that much. We did get to go up on stage with Elton. Uh, it was during his red piano uh, tour, I think. And, uh, I was standing an arm's length from a profusely sweating Davy Johnston, the guitarist, the lead guitarist. I thought this was about me. I thought we were talking about me and the monkeys today. You know, for 4500 bucks, you could have gone back to his hotel with him, too. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Mom, I want to know what your thoughts on the monkeys concert were, because I'm going to be honest. I saw dad's videos on social media and it looked a little sad. It looked like yeah, oh, it was it was quite sad. I mean, there's only two of the four of them that are still alive, and one of them we're not sure of the one that one that he has. <laughs> if he's still alive, yeah, <laughs> because he was looking pretty frail. It just looked like a couple guys that were like, "Hey, we can make X amount of dollars if we go out here for a couple hours and sing some tunes." It just didn't. It, oh no, I got to give Mickey Dolan credit. He at least was alive and moving around, and he could uh, still, you know, entertain a crowd. But uh, is he still doing it for you? Isn't that the guy you used to have a crush on? Yeah, when I was 10. 
Um, Does he still do it for you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I got to say that as dad and I agreed that uh, your dad and I agreed that he looked our age. He didn't look 77 or whatever the hell he is. Right. But uh, the difference is, is that because I'm always here to please your father, we left at intermission. Maybe. It was your idea to leave, by the way. That's because you didn't know any more songs and we could only think of like one more song you knew. So we just were like, all right, it's fine. We saw it. We're done. Let's get out of here. Right. Uh, I mean, I did. I did hear all the songs I wanted to hear. Who are the the celebrities that you've had a crush on in my lifetime, Mom? I, I'm thinking of Mickey from the Monkees and I'm thinking of Dave Magadan. Who else am I missing? Dave Magadan. Oh, my God. How about <laughs> Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. I didn't know that. Wow. No, that's like, OK. That's one of your celebrities. Yeah. Kevin Costner's one. Who else? Um... Let's do your top five. So that's three of them. I've done three. So you need two more. Oh, I mean, when I was a little girl, I had kind of a crush on Joe Namath. Really? Yeah. Wow. Broadway Joe. You can see that. Yeah. You know, it would have definitely been jailbait at that point. That's for sure. But uh... Joe Namath is a little bit. He's like a better looking version of dad. They kind of have a similar (laughs) look. (laughs) Better. You had to throw in better looking. By the way, what about this one, Erlene? Uh, Bobby Sherman. Yeah, I liked Bobby Sherman for a minute. That? That's just really a has-been little teeny bopper <laughs> guy for a period of time. <laughs> you know, it was or we're talking like a long time ago. We're talking like in the '60s, early '70s. Am I supposed to know what a teeny bopper is? Is that, is that like a phrase I'm supposed to know? I don't know. Sounds like something inappropriate, honestly. It's, it's you know, it's a heartthrobby kind of for only preteens that really like them, you know? Throbbing it. I, don't, I wouldn't want to see any teenies get bopped. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure there's others, but, you know, I, I can't really uh, think of them right now. But bringing it back to me for a second and the monkeys, um, I want to give myself credit for what I thought was a very uh, inventive, creative, and dare say romantic uh, Christmas gift. Uh, which we used 10 months later because um, mom has always liked the monkeys. This was their farewell tour. I got a front row tickets. The whole evening was arranged by me and uh, it was wonderful. I don't really care to hear about like a romantic parts of the evening. Do you think that that's a romantic thing to buy someone? To- <laughs> yeah, sort of. Apparently it was apparently it wasn't very romantic. If mom's like making a face like romantic. I mean, I'm just thinking that I don't ne- necessarily think that concert tickets are romantic. Mm. Agreed. Well, it was, you know, it was your husband remembering that how much the monkeys once meant to you. And Dad, you got you got them front row for eighty five dollars. You probably could have got like a private concert for five hundred dollars. Like that would have been romantic. <laughs> if it was like you two alone in a hotel room with Mickey and the other guy playing with as little energy as I saw on that stage. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Nesmith, uh, the other guy, was... Uh, he had a, he had to sit down on a stool. It was... Yeah, he really did. All right, well, we got to move on. We got we got a whole okay, week. Okay, well, it was really been lovely talking We got a whole week we got to cover with Dad here. So this is a uh, mom, good job, way to kick us off. And uh, yes. Greg Week. Greg Week got off to a good start. You went to a monkey's concert. I, I can't wait to hear what else you did this week. Oh, right. there's plenty coming, believe me. Good luck to both of you. Goodbye. Bye, Mom. Thank you. See you later. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. That kind of thing. You really have done that my entire life, that song. Yes. Like it's it's a staple, and I know it more as just something you've always done than as, like, the monkeys thing. Right. But there's actually a, a variation that spawned uh, just fairly recently, and, and uh, instead of saying, hey, hey, we're the monkeys, baby, what I say is, hey, hey, we're the hey, hey's. People That's say we're haying around. The real 
quite the evolution for that. I'm yeah, so glad, I'm really so glad you, you informed us about that. Yeah. But so, so what happened next? So you started your week. What a nice little early, like who goes to a concert in the, like early in a week? It's odd. I guess if you're the monkeys. Yeah, it's weird. I guess if you're the monkeys, you don't really get the venues on the weekends. You got to go like, you know, on Tuesdays. That's pretty much it. But uh, so what happened next? What happened next on Greg week? Well, Greg, we continued a, a couple of nights later when I found myself at uh, at the Panthers barn, the Florida Panthers arena in Sunrise. And um, it was the season opener, the 28th oh, season opener. Epic game. I was there. Yeah, you were you were there. Um, season ticket holder, Chris Cody. I'm telling you, you got, I'm, I'm impressed. You have good seats. They weren't monkeys concert, no. good, but they were good seats. Yeah. Uh, but the game was as exciting as all get out. I mean, what a, what a monkey's style phrase that is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, last train to Clarksville. The, um, the Panthers led two, nothing trailed four, two tied at four, four, one in overtime, five, four. One of the heroes of the night was Aaron Eckblad who missed most of the last season with a gruesome leg injury. It was just a nice evening. You know what? We should get a post game reaction with Roy Bellamy of a game that took base that took place three days ago. You know what? That's not a bad idea. Let's do that. Fortuitously, if I remember correctly, I spoke to Roy after that game. <laughs> Here it is. I am in the Panthers arena speaking with the Roy Bellamy. And I say the because I honestly think that you know hockey and this team as well as anyone, Roy. And we have just witnessed a wild season opening win by the Panthers up 2-0, behind 4-2, winning in overtime. Uh, describe tonight. Well, aside from the uh, five or six penalties that the Panthers had to take in the second period, this was a, uh, a great win for the Panthers. A, very, a lot of resolve. The return of Aaron Eckblad, two goals for him. He was the hero in this game. He got the game tied, and caught up for Aggie, won the game in overtime. He had two goals in this game, and what can you say about Sergey Bobowski? Bob was standing on his head today. The, yeah. only, the only real problem they had was to delay a game penalty in the third period but that that got wiped out by a penalty by the penguins so and that pretty much led to the uh tying goal by uh Aaron Eckland, so he um I, I thought the emotional hero of the night though he didn't have the winning goal was Eckblad as you mentioned because coming back from that gruesome leg injury last year to score the third and fourth goals to tie it and give them new life that was tremendous it was and uh, he said it downstairs in the uh, in the press room that uh, he had the heavy legs you know throughout the game you know he could still stick he can handle the stick all well but uh yeah like his time on the ice today like he had to get back used to it a little bit of rust but once he got into the third period it seemed like it all came back to him so is this the year because i don't think there's ever been uh, a, a panther season this hyped uh, going into it. it can this truly be a year where they make a, a deep playoff run well i look at it like this we're back to the original division format before covid hit us and i would think that if the panthers could avoid playing the lightning in the first round maybe yeah i believe that they can make they can make the conference final that's they can do that but it all depends on the matchups i mean you gotta look at it like that you gotta look at it like Toronto, Florida, Tampa. Not, not necessarily in that order, but those three are going to make the playoffs definitely. So it depends on the matchup. Depends on what the Panthers do uh, going down the line in the season. We've been speaking with the great Roy Bellamy, for whom the Bellamy tolls. Am I right? You are correct, sir. There you go. All right. Thanks, Roy. 
Greg Cody week continues. It is Saturday. We are on the golf course at Grand, Grand Palms Resort in either Hollywood or Pembroke Pines. I have no idea which city I'm in. And uh, we're making the turn onto the back nine. Christopher, uh, I'm, I'm alongside the famous Uncle Dick right now. And Christopher uh, is our third. And he shot a legit 35 on the front nine. He shot par golf. He had all pars, one bogey, and he ended on the ninth hole with a birdie on a 508-yard par five. We're golfing it. Golf time. Whoop, whoop. Bunch of kids playing golf here. They look to be about five, six years old. Half of these kids can outdrive me at age six, which uh, says more about me than them. All right, we'll uh, we'll check in later. That kind of thing. Dick, what's your comment? Hiya. Okay. All right. Dick's here for his birthday week. Uh, his birthday was last week, and that kind of thing. We're going out tonight to the old Heidelberg, the Berg. Is that your Unbelievable. Uh, your I, podcast? <clears throat> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I? I'm talking into a microphone for no reason. I mean, you are just talking to a phone. See, this is the point. I'm, did you already say that I played good on the? I front did. Nine? I want you to describe. I'm going your... to explain why I'm about to play bad on the back nine. Here it is. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah. That's yes. Here. Beer but, number uh, one. This is the part in the round where where Greg Cody starts passive aggressively resenting my uncle because he's beating him by four strokes, and he'll start like you know counting his strokes and making right. sure Uncle Dick's like counting but right. But here's my strategy, which I'm revealing for the first time to my podcast audience. You guys don't even know this. I'm going to play from the shorter tees on the back nine, so that I give myself a shot to make up. I'm trailing Uncle Dick by three shots. I'm going to make up that ground and kick his ass. That's a guarantee. Live, live on my podcast. Greg Cody's about to crack a beer. You see, the thing is, is Uncle Dick only grabbed one beer. My dad has three for the back nine. So, uh, my dad's like, "Why are you saying that?" Yes. Oh yeah! All right. Oh yeah! I go Coors Light. See, me and Uncle Dick went Coors. Yeah, You're man. a Miller guy. Well, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm a man. I mean, I drink men's beer. You know, I mean, that Miller Light is. They're all in the same category: Miller, Bud Light, Coors Light. Uh, Miller Light is the one that wants to be a beer that it's not. Like, be, Coors Light is water. It it knows what it is. That's why you drink Coors Light. Miller Light. That's what my golf partner says every time I order a Coors Light. Oh, I thought you were going to have a beer. Right. I mean, oh, no, but like Miller Light and Bud Light are in that same category, but I just think it's just smoother. It is. It almost tastes more like water. It's just a smoother beer. Well, a friend of mine um, has a nickname for Coors Light, which I'm not going to repeat on the podcast because it might offend some people. I'm glad you brought it up then. Okay, thank Who you. All right. Who's your friend? Tom Jordan. <laughs> oh, okay. Classic Tom. Everyone's, every group's got a Tom. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to ask him about that on Facebook. <laughs> that kind of thing. Four! Woo! What time is the UN game? <laughs> 3, 3.30. What time is it now? I don't know. All right, we're recording here. It's 11.30. So, uh... You're still holding your own. You just got to, this kid, by the way, Chris Cody, who uh, was one under at one point, uh, just got a par after taking a penalty on a par five. How about that? Yeah, we're uh, about to tee off on 14. So that I took a penalty, got a par, a couple bogeys, though, early in this back nine. So I believe I'm one over for the total round. So we're still, uh, I got another par five coming. I think two more par fives, actually. Yeah, we're. Um, no, no, one more par five. So we got one more good birdie chance. So I'm still hoping to shoot even par. I'll be happy. That's crazy. This could be the best round of Chris Cody's life, by the way. History is being made on the podcast as we golf a couple of days sooner or whatever. 
Uh, Greg Cody playing like shit. Yeah, you're not playing great. Losing to Uncle Dick so far, but we're not done yet. We ain't done yet. It's Greg Cody week. <laughs> Why don't you sing for the people? What do you want me to sing? I don't know, just, you know, whatever comes to mind. We don't have music playing. We enjoy, Oh, you know, damn it. Talking Put some music on. Like, we had we had music the last time we golfed with Mike and Stugatz. You know what? I want music. Greg Cody, who has famously, I believe, done it back in my day on music being yeah. played on it. But you've, you've turned on that. I have turned. Uh, it, I, <laughs> I have turned on that. I've got to do a new back in my day saying that I endorsed music on a golf course. I just heard some music in the background, and I envied those people. Mm-hmm. I want uh, country music is is a golf vibe, so put on some country tunes, would you? Even though when Mike Ryan was right. doing it, you uh, it wasn't any country music. That's so. right. Yeah, it was like EDM. If I know Mike Ryan, I mean, you're, do you not have any memory as Uncle, as Uncle Dick hits in the background? Nice shot. No, he was playing show tunes. He was playing like Greg Cody music, right? Like Sinatra, and right. So why'd you just say EDM? Yeah, because you know he's the kind of guy who's you know. Uh, you know, the, the guy uh, who goes on stage with a big cartoon head. You know, that's Mike Ryan's music. Who am I th- thinking? Mellow or Yellow? What's his name? I just want you to find it. Okay. All right. I got a hit. Nice chat with you. All right. Nice chat with you. Thank you. So we're at Hooters after the round. I, uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I don't, I'm not, no, I'm not. Thank you. I, uh, I shot one over, 73 for the round. One over on the back nine. Ended with a birdie. It was fun. Anyways, yeah. we're here and, I'm, and we're uh, talking at Hooters now because we're done with our meal and I had a, you know, a nice Coca-Cola with my wings and we were about to leave and I, uh, I ordered a Coke to go. I was like, I had a Coca-Cola with my meal and then we were about to leave and you know, instead of getting a refill here, I decided to get one to go. And Greg Cody just now discovered that you can take a drink to go at a restaurant. I have never done that in my entire life. And I'm drinking a Diet Coke, so it's not like I'm drinking a beer and I expect a beer to go. But I have, would never think to ask for a Diet Coke to go. I just have never done that. Do you want to do it? Not particularly. I feel like that would be cheating. What? Yeah. I feel like that would... D- were you aware that uh, drinks could be g- taken to go at a restaurant? Yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> Thank you. No, we're good. Thank you. It's because you're it's because you're a normal human being, Uncle Dick. Well, that's debatable, but yeah. <laughs> going to say? Don't get carried. What'd you shoot today? Uh, uh, do I have to answer that? I shot an even hundred, which even for me is pretty bad. So I beat you by twenty-seven strokes. Yeah, but who's counting? Uncle Dick beat me, which really gets under my skin. <laughs> what did Uncle Dick shoot? He shot a ninety-seven. Yeah, I was very disappointed in myself. I, play, I, I played consistently bad. I was not shooting, you know, snowmen. I was not shooting eights and having, like, awful holes, but I was consistently bad. I was, in, I was shooting fives and sixes. He was doing a thing. He would take, like, four shots to get up to the green, and then you would get up and down. You'd have, like, a nice chip and a nice putt. It's like an odd round. Like, you'd have, like, a nice... You know, a couple shots around the green, and I'd be like, "Oh, what'd you get?" You'd be like seven. I'm like, what, "What'd you do? Like, where were you? Did yeah. you like, did you take the long way?" <laughs> yeah, I did. It was, it was a bad round, but we had fun. Greg Cody week continues. Yeah. Greg week. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> By the way, before we go, actually. What are you feeling at all a little insecure about this episode being too? I mean, it's the Greg Cody show. Like, how are you feeling about this so far? 
I mean, I hope people enjoy it. It's it's a you know a peek behind the curtains. It's it's my life when I'm not on the Levitard show. When I'm not. You know, in the newspaper. It's but I guess this is just the episode where we're going to find out, are you as interesting as you think you are? <laughs> That's true. Uh, and and probably the answer would be no. But, uh, Greg, Cody, we, we, that kind of thing. Greg, Cody, we, we continue. You don't know the words to your own song. So, uh, Greg Week, how fun. Not only have you created a show about yourself for the last year and a half, but uh, you also decided to take the week of your brother's birthday and dedicate it to you. Yeah, it's it's weird the way that worked out because uh, we had sort of a real random piecemeal podcast where it was just me, you know, doing a bunch of stuff and, and doing like little bits from each of the things I was doing. And Christopher decided to piece it all together and call it Greg Week. So uh, it, it, it's his fault if it doesn't fly. But we've had a great time uh, living the week and, and hopefully you'll have a great time uh, listening to the week. So absolutely. Absolutely. So so you guys, you uh, you went to the Monkees concert. You um you, you got to go back to a Panthers game for the season opener. Yep. Um, you went out and celebrated your brother's birthday on the golf course. Uh, so what else did y'all do last night? Because I know you are doing some stuff on Saturday night. Yeah, we actually, uh, there's a legendary local uh, South Florida German slash Bavarian restaurant called Old Heidelberg. And you walk in and it's like 1972. You know, it's a, the, the decor is weird and old. And <laughs> there, there's a, a woman who's like six foot four wearing a Bavarian, you know. A, right, the, the St. Pauli's girl look. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. exact. That's a good, uh, good call by you. But, you know, they have like hokey polka accordion music and it's just a fun atmosphere. You know, we, we had a great time. There were eight of us there and um, it, it was just fun. You know, it was great. And, and, and uh, what I thought of going into it is it occurred to me, I had a, a former Miami Herald colleague like decades ago named Paul Heidelberg. OK, who's like my age. So he is literally and old Heidelberg. But <laughs> prior to going to this restaurant, I Googled Paul Heidelberg slash Miami Herald to try to see what the hell is he up to now? Because I hadn't talked to him or seen him in 30 years plus. Well, and, and you can you all can Google this yourself. Paul Heidelberg is like a famous poet. He's like in the National Poets Hall of Fame. And you this know, is like, like the, the same one you worked with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he references, you know, his early career at the Herald and all that. So you know, I mean, he's done pretty well for himself, I reckon. So he said sayonara to the Herald and went off to greener pastures writing poetry. Uh, pretty much. And look at you. Yeah, what the hell have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I've wasted my life. I'm doing a podcast like a 1.8 billion other people while he's uh, writing poetry. So Heidelberg, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for your inspiration. And I'm a poet and don't know it, but um, I wonder if Heidelberg has anything to do with this restaurant. I don't think so. But if you're ever in South Florida, go to the old Heidelberg because it's highly recommended. They have some of the greatest schnitzel around. Wiener schnitzel, uh, Jager schnitzel, all the schnitzels are here for you. <laughs> Schnitzing it. Exactly. I'm curious, what do you think about German food? Because I've got mixed thoughts about it. Boy, that's a good question because I too have mixed thoughts. I love the schnitzel itself, which essentially is just breaded veal or breaded pork, uh, even breaded uh, chicken. And I love it. And I make it uh, a lot. I mean, it's one of my favorite dishes to make. But all of the 
side lights to this dish I don't like. And I'm thinking of, uh, I'm talking about you, red cabbage. I'm talking to you, spatzel. You know, there's a lot of things about German food. <laughs> I like, like how you're making it personal towards the red cabbage. Look, talking to you, red cabbage. <laughs> there's going to be an uprising. They're all going to boycott the podcast, all the right. red cabbages out there. And 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 don't even get me started on uh, uh, on sauerkraut, you know. But, uh, but <laughs> I, the, the... I like a good sauerkraut myself. Do you? Yeah, okay. yeah. Wait, but it, but it's got to be like on a sandwich. I enjoy it on a, on a good sandwich. Yeah, like yeah. That. I'm not a kraut guy, but the three uh, the three things I really enjoyed were the schnitzel. Uh, we had a sampler platter of of like three or four different kinds of sausage, which was great. And then the potato pancakes were killer. Okay. I don't know if you all love potato pancakes, but these were state of the art. I mean, this was great. That's good. Yeah. So I am. Um, I like. I like some German food, but there's a lot of it. Just it gets really old really quick. Like there's not a lot of diversity to it. So it's right. it's heavy meats and breads is 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 the German food. And right. so I like it on occasion, but I can't enjoy it super often. I think I like picking up like getting a, a nice like pretzel for a snack. Right. So a few years ago, we drove to this. Uh, town in north georgia we were living in western north carolina we did that we did this little polar express thing in the north carolina mountains with the kids and then we decided to check out this little german town at christmas time uh called helen georgia and um i've heard of that yeah it's in the georgia mountains it's all decked out in christmas stuff visually it's kind of cool there's not a lot to do there but visually it was kind of cool but we went into this one restaurant and the food was just like Okay, if the atmosphere had been awesome, it, the food would have been fine. I think it was one of those, it was just borderline enough food that if you had a great experience, the food would have been fine. But like, we go in there and there's there's not like a, a German band playing, there's no accordions. There's this one dude who might have been 260 years old. Um, <laughs> he looked like the Crypt Keeper from the old Tales of the Crypt TV series. Right. And he kind of sang like him and he's singing... What child is this who led to... And it was just like, I, 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 I feel kind of terrified eating here with my small yeah. children. I mean, my kids I were would really be. young at the time. And right. and so, like, I was kind of like, I kind of don't like going to Helen, Georgia anymore. But <laughs> just because of that. But uh, but it, it, it was interesting. And that kind of actually, I haven't had the same desire to eat German food ever since. And it kind of ruined it for me. It was interesting. Well, but, German food, um, uh, my brother, the famous Uncle Dick, he, he was here for his birthday weekend, which was a few days beyond his birthday. But still, uh, we let him pick the restaurant and he, he picked old Heidelberg. That would not have been my choice. Uh, I'm the kind of guy <laughs> who goes to a German restaurant once a year if requested. You know, it's never my idea. And, and it was fine. I'm, you know, the atmosphere is good in, in a weird, old fashioned, hokey kind of way. So I was glad we experienced it. But in terms of the menu, oh, God, it, it, it's a limited menu. I mean, if you eliminated everything with the word schnitzel in it, yeah. it would be a very small menu. It would be very tough to get something to eat. So. The Germans never heard of a piece of lettuce. <laughs> That's <laughs> like true. fresh lettuce was is not a thing. Yeah, um, I don't remember a salad on the menu. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I'll just save the uh, the German food for their their sweet treats and their Christmas delights. Speaking of that, I mean, we're getting close to Christmas. It's October. The weather's starting to change up where I'm at. What? How about you? Does the air in South Florida start to get crisp in October? Well, I, I'll tell you. Um, once we get to October, we feel the difference. Like September tends to still be super hot. Brutally hot down here. But once 
October happens, it's like people are going in the swimming pool less and uh, it's just a different vibe. So we're actually beginning to feel, you know, we don't get the the changing colors or anything down here, but we're beginning to feel a little bit of the the temp change where you get up in the morning and it's not quite as humid. And, and it's so it's been nice down here, actually. How late into the year do you or do you ever stop using your swimming pool? No. No, because, um, you know, if it's a sunny day by mid or late afternoon, my pool is I don't, I don't have a heated pool, but it, it's warm enough for me to go in because I, I need a pool the that's like bathwater to walk in. I don't go into a chilly pool. So, yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. Yeah. I am. Uh, I mean, you have to place have a place speaking about. Yeah, I mean, clearly you have to have a place where you bathe because we know that that's your, your tub. Right. I do wash my hair in the pool. I'm notorious for that. Uh, so get over it. Don't judge me. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, I grew up in the country near the mountains and you, of course, grew up in, in South Florida. Are, are there any like typical fall traditions outside of your standard, like pumpkin carving and things like that? What I'm getting at are like corn mazes, hay rides, fall festivals. What, what do they do in South Florida? Well, um, uh, Christopher's daughter, uh, Graceland, while we were playing golf the other day, um, she went to some pumpkin Halloween related thing, like a pumpkin patch or, you know, all these cute pictures of her with a pumpkin. But when you say corn maze, I have no idea what that means. Like hayride. I know the concept of a hayride. I've never been on one. Uh, it sounds awful. I mean, you know, I'm sitting on hay. The hell's going on? You know, I, I don't hayrides and corn mazes are like so out of my vernacular that I literally don't know exactly what they mean. Yeah. So a corn maze is um, people have a cornfield and then they will actually like mow down sections of it to make a maze. Wow. You are literally, the, you're literally the, the mouse in the maze. That's amazing. You get in that, you know, the, the corn is typically, you know, seven, eight feet tall. If they're doing it right. I've been to one where it was shorter than I was. It was, it was the worst. <laughs> and you go in and you try to find your way around it. I hate them. It sounds terrifying. I hate them yeah. so bad. It, it's like, it's not terrifying to me. It's just boring. It's like, let me just go walk where I can't see anything else. And eventually I'll find my way out. And if I get really bored, I'll just cut through and, you know, which is kind of a rude thing to do, but I can't say I haven't done it once. Um, but, but, but I, I hate them, but, but they, they make so much money. Like everyone wow. loves the, the idea of a corn maze. And I'll, I'll tell you when I first went to one, I I loved the idea. The first one I went to was in the Seattle area, uh, just North of Seattle. There is the, uh, the Bickford Corn Maze of History, or some dumb name like that, but it was it was, it was sponsored by Bickford Motors, yeah. okay. and they had it like, and every year they changed the design. I think that year it was the design of either a big Ford logo or a tractor. I can't remember which one. All right. Either way, um, and like I loved the concept of it. Like I, I was, I went with my best friend and his wife and the girl I was dating at the time. And, uh, and we actually did have a lot of fun. We were just goofing off and, 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 and just being stupid. But like after that, I've not enjoyed a single corn maze. I've, I've tried to go maybe three or four more. The best thing that could happen though, was we took our kids two years ago to one, they were excited to go and they went in and they had a bad time and they said, I don't ever want to do this again. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. That's perfect. And then we That's were supposed perfect. to go, but then of course my daughter has friends who think they're awesome. And so we were supposed to go with a family yesterday, but luckily they canceled. And so I, I went again, I didn't have to go to a corn maze, but yeah, there's just, there's just, it's just boring. Yeah. Let me give you two thoughts on a corn maze from someone who's never been in one. Number one, <laughs> it sounds like a terrible waste of corn to actually mow down stalks of corn to make a path for this damn thing. Now that's and a no, good question. What I don't know is do they pluck the, you know, do they use the corn and then mow down? Yeah. The, you know, I'm not sure. 
But that is a good point. Okay. If, if they're just mowing it down, yeah, it's a terrible waste. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste of corn. Number two, um, it sounds like what you're describing reminds me of the famous scene from The Shining where, <laughs> you know, the, the, it, it's like a hit. I think that's a hedge maze, right? Yes, that's a hedge maze. But yes, they, they're 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 in, the, in a similar family. Right. Right. Where if, if I'm going to... It's terrifying to me if I'm in a corn maze, particularly if it's at night, I'm expecting to turn a corner and Jack, a, a grinning Jack Nicholson is like has a knife in his hand. It's, <laughs> it, it's just nothing I want to be associated with, you know, especially on a holiday. Christ. Yeah, I, I think if you're into like haunted house type stuff, it, they could be a lot more fun if they have like haunted house, like it's a haunted corn maze, you know, and they've got people, you know, cast members there to like yeah. jump out and scare you and things like All that. The worse. Yeah. But 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 uh, but I'm not a fan of those either. Do you like haunted houses? Um, no, I'm in small doses, you know, I don't, I don't mind them, but they're not my thing. They're not my favorite thing. We were at Disney world, uh, uh, a month or so ago and, and we did that tower of terror Yeah, where yeah. you drop and it's just, it was excruciating. <laughs> I mean, it's like, why do people voluntarily go on this thing and just be terrified? It's like the most <laughs> uncomfortable two minutes of my entire life. It's no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've done Tower of Terror once, and it was oh. uh, we. Uh, my wife and I got married in Southern California. Went on our went on our honeymoon to uh, Mexico on a little cruise. We get back to my in laws' place, and we still have a few days before we fly out. So they took us to Disneyland, and I went on Tower of Terror with my father in law. And my kid, all the grandkids, call him Grandpa because he just he just refuses <laughs> to smile. He's just not a happy guy. I like and, it. And uh, um, but he wanted to go on Tower of Terror, so we ride the ride. Like, and I can see what you're saying. I enjoyed it, but. I, I totally get what you're saying about it. Like, I'm not excited to go on it again. And the older I get, the less I want to do rides like that. But we get off the, the ride and, and my wife didn't go on because she refuses. And she was like, so dad, did you have a good time? And he's like, no, no. And uh, so that's just our response. Anytime we're making fun of my father-in-law, we always just say no. And uh, just because that's kind of his response to everything. But yeah, he just, he's just weird like that. But um, yeah, I don't like haunted houses. Uh, Bamani Jones has a, has a quote that he uses all the time. He's like, I don't do recreational sadness. Right. And that's kind of, I don't do recreational fear. I'm not going, I don't want to pay money to, you know, have my nerve shot. It's just not worth it to me. I agree. Right. My, uh, uh, on, on the tower of terror, my, my youngest son, Michael was recording me during the whole <laughs> tower of terror. And I had been on it once before, but not for like 20 years. And I remembered it being one straight drop, but it, it, it's several drops. Yeah. And, and tilts every, too, right? right. Don't they and, tilt you like looking outward? Oh, I think they do. And, yeah. and after every drop, I am literally screaming. <laughs> I'm like, ah, and, and that was not made up. I mean, that's me being terrified. It's like ridiculous. I think but, we're going to um, need to get this video for social. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, I want you to, while it's in my mind, I want you to tell me about hay rides. Hey, hey, we're the hay ride because I, I know nothing about yeah. hay rides other than what I've seen in like old films. Yeah, so it, it's probably just like that. It's it's. Uh, I've been in a couple of different variations. You're either in the back of like a... a um, a tra- they, there's a tractor and they've got a trailer that they put a bunch of hay on and you sit on it and like, eh, ride around at a slow speed. Or, um, you've been in one, which they just put in our youth group at church. They just put us all in the back of a giant truck that was right. and closed up the back of it. Like they were transporting, um, well, like they were trafficking humans and, <laughs> and it was completely <laughs> dark. 
I think about it now and I'm like, there's no way I'd ever let my kid do that, you know? Cause like, I'm just assuming everyone's a pedophile, but, um, uh, <laughs> but, but like at the time we thought it was cool and, and hopefully there'd be like, you know, maybe there's a lady that would be interested in us. We, you know, but nope, that wasn't the case. Not, not for young Yeti. Um, yeah, that's the story for another time. But yeah, you, you put a bunch of hay in the back of a truck or a trailer and you're, you're either pulled by a truck or a tractor. And like, if the, I guess classic hay ride is, yeah, you're going around a farm somewhere. Uh, there, there's a, uh, we went to a, a peach farm one time and, and rode in the back of a, of a, a tractor up to where all the peach trees were, got to pick some peaches and then took the hay ride back. That okay. was a little bit better. Cause at least there was a purpose to where you're going. I, otherwise I just spent $25 just to ride, ride in a slow circle and it's not worth it to me. So I, hay rides can kick rocks. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there's a potential here though, for tower of terror meets the hay ride. Okay. Where, <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a hay ride where you're being pulled by, uh, you know, a black sedan going 75 miles an hour. You're taking turns <laughs> on two wheels. People are screaming on the bed of hay. It's some pitchforks are flying. It, it's just a terrible experience. Uh, Greg, this sounds awful. And this is the worst idea I've ever heard you come up with. No, Tower of Terror meets the hayride. Tayride. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wish I hadn't said this on the podcast because people are going to try to patent my idea now and steal my right, idea. Clearly, a terrifying hayride is where we're going with it. Because people want that liability for sure. That's right. There's exactly. nothing. <laughs> well, you got to sign a waiver before you get on. You know, true, true, true. If you do that, there's you, guardrails you, on the side of the hay. You know, do Dolphins uh, season tickets holders get to sign a waiver for a crap season? Oh my God! Yeah, I, I I have to talk a little bit of sports here. I just do because the Dolphins and, and I was <laughs> writing about both of these games. The Dolphins lose in London to Jack to winless Jacksonville, and and they're now one and five after five straight losses. And this comes one day after the University of Miami Hurricanes lose, <laughs> just in a in a heartbreaker. I mean, this is just. A, a terrible football season for Miami's two big teams. And look, don't get me wrong. There's a lot going on that's good down here. Uh, the, the Heat are about to start their regular season. They're relentlessly competitive. The Heat are always good. Uh, the Florida Panthers are going to be really good. They start off 2-0. and They're going to be a, a strong player in the NHL this season. But the rest of our teams are going to shit. The Hurricanes <laughs> and the Dolphins are terrible. The Marlins just scored the fewest runs in baseball, had a terrible year. Inter-Miami, David Beckham's team is taking a big shit. They've lost six games in a row to fall out of the playoff race. So thank God for the Heat and the Panthers because football right now, the Dolphins and the, and the Hurricanes, their fans should be just boycotting i mean it's just a terrible situation down here with these two teams so uh i just got word that we've got a uh, that we've got a couple people together on a boat right now that that uh and at least one of them has some things to say about the dolphins uh chris is uh, not on this part of the recording because he's out having a good time with uh, jessica smontana and uh israel gutierrez so uh l- let's chime in with chris real quick get his thoughts on the dolphins see what they're up to on the boat and then we'll pick it right back up here It's the sight, the sound, the smell of it, morning, night, or noon. It's the feeling you're always welcome, and when you leave, we'll see you soon. It's the place you always go to, when you're with friends or you're all alone. It's the taste of Nelly's Diner, the place you feel at home. 
Step back in time when you step into Nelly's Diner. It's the only place in town that tastes Wild Bill Cody's Bison Burger, deep fried in Nana's 100-year-old lard. Or try a tall stack of our award-winning PFBI pancakes. Dig into the signature bang a thing salad. Or try an Uncle Dick footlong. Anything you want and anytime you want it, we got it. All served up with a free side of smiles. We are right where we've been for 60 years at 1440 Zagaki Street downtown. Nelly's Diner. It's the taste of home you never had because your mom sucked at cooking. It's the taste of Nelly's Diner that makes you feel at home. Recording in progress. Wow, that's exciting. Okay, do, all right, where the hell are you? You're on a boat. What's going on? Yeah, we're on a boat. We're at a, uh, a sandbar. If you can look around, there's a lot of people here. Wow, that is super exciting. Like, um, where are you, though? Like, in Miami? You're in Key West? What's going on? We're in Fort Lauderdale. Um there's a lot of boats around. Izzy Gutierrez is like really the star of this show. So I feel like I should turn it over to Izzy because like this is his boat. I don't really know any of the answers that, you know, you guys are asking. Right. Does his boat have like one of those crazy nautical names? We do not have a nautical name. This is our first boat. We're going to save the name for the next boat. It's the SS Izzy. <laughs> the SS Izzy is the name of this boat. The Sizzy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's no original name to the boat. It's just like an unnamed boat or what? That's right. Why are, okay. Why are you bothering me? It's real nice of you to leave Greg off the boat during Greg week. Yeah. This, this is Chris week. This is not Greg week. Shot? I'll do a shot. Shots? Yeah. Yes. Let's oh, do a shot. Brother. We'll do shots okay. during this thing. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay. How about those dolphins? How about the dolphins sucking? It's funny. Um, when that game ended... Uh, Christopher, you know, my brother's here and here's the exact exchange that I heard the second that game ended. Uncle Dick says, we just lost to the worst team in football. And your mother responds, we are the worst team in football. That's fair. Yeah, that that's is about fair. Right. Unfortunately, that's, that's fair. why I'm a Chargers fan. I don't know if you guys have heard I'm a Chargers oh, fan. Oh, God. Chan. Unbelievable. How can you do fan. that? How dare you do because, that? Because look, I'm done. I'm done having a shitty quarterback. Okay. I want for one season to just have a good quarterback. So I'm going to be a fan of the Chargers now. Okay. By the way, the last time I looked today, the Chargers were getting their ass kicked and Tua Tagovailoa had just thrown for like 340 yards. The Chargers, the Chargers did get their ass kicked. All I know is that Jessica Smetan has been making us do shots all day. Like, she's yeah. Just like, my new nickname for her is Shots Smetana. That's her name. I like it. I like there you the go. Alliteration. Here she is. She's here. Interview her now. This is Greg Cody from the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. It really is. How you doing? Hi, Greg. How are you? It's great seeing you. What? Um, great to see you. Uh, tell Yeti. me about the shots because back in the day we used to do Jello shots. Is that still a thing? Totally like. Uh, well, we have Jameson shots right yes. now. No Jello shots. Real shots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Who else is on the boat? Set the scene for me. Uh, your daughter-in-law is here. I knew that. Are you supposed to be babysitting their yeah. their firstborn child right now, Greg? Right. How is that going? No, I uh, I hired a professional babysitter, so I wouldn't have to deal with her. So it's all good. <laughs> Do you know about this? I don't know. Is there a stranger watching your child? As long right as now? someone's watching, I'm good. He's subletting the babysitting. I am. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. No, the uh, the the outrageously efficient Tatiana. Is uh, is taking care of that business. My, my brother's girl. Ah. Well. All right. Well, hey, speed this up. 
Can you guys can you guys speed this up? It's shots o'clock over here. What do we what do you want me to say? Like, you guys want to talk to Izzy? You haven't talked to Izzy yet. No, I want to talk to Izzy, the boat owner. This is my dad, Andy. Hey Greg. Hello, Yeti. Izzy, how, how you doing? You hey Izzy. I'm doing fantastic. That's a fantastic wide-brimmed hat you have on there right now. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm trying to avoid getting sun in particular parts of my face. That hat is unbelievably wide. It's wider <laughs> than your shoulders. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel like I need to work out, Greg. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So uh, you're having a raucous party on a boat. Uh, how many people would you estimate are on board? Uh, in the boat, there's only seven. It's not exactly raucous. Um, Around okay. us, I would say there's probably about, you know, 80, 100 people. I'm not very good at guessing, but I'd say about that much. What do you think? Okay. All right. Well, I, I, just want you guys to know, I just want you guys to know, you guys have killed a vibe. We had a vibe going here. There was music playing. And then I was like, hey, I need you guys to turn this off so I can talk. I'm just saying you're killing a vibe. You can do it as long as you want. Nothing okay. kills a vibe like two Gregs on a phone. Two Gregs on a phone <laughs> kills a vibe more than anything. So you want me to give dolphin takes? Like, I what do we need here? I did a shot. I forgot it was in my Izzy cup. just did a shot. We were I supposed totally to wait forgot. for the group. You ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> like, can I get out of here? Or, like, you need me longer? Or, like, you know, do your thing. Take another goddamn shot of Jameson and everything will be okay. You're good. All right. Let's all do a Sign shot. Off. Who's doing shots with me? All right. All right. All right, just like, all right everyone took all right, a Take a shot in honor of Greg Wee. Hey, Greg's Lobo shot. Here we go. All right. There you go. Okay. Sign off. Fall overboard. Have a great time. Oh, God. It's like college. All right. See you guys. Those people are having themselves a day. They seem to be having quite a bit of fun. <laughs> gorgeous day out there, man. I know. That yeah, background that... on Zoom was gorgeous. Uh, Izzy Gutierrez had the whitest brim hat I've ever seen in my life. Crazy. He, he, Izzy's beautiful, and, and sun will damage that. So I, yeah, I don't blame him one man. bit. Right. The older I've gotten, the more I cover up when I go out in the sun. But then again, as you stated before, I'm a very, very white man. Oh, um, God. Yeah, I'm right behind you. I, I take showers fully clothed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So, um, you know, now that we are, we're, we're a pretty good portion through the, uh, the Sunday football slate, how are the Lobos looking? Um, you know what? I'm not conceding, but the Lobos four game winning streak is in grave peril. And I have to tell you, it started, you know, it, it was a harbinger Thursday night. I had one player. I thought I was going to get like 20 points from him. Mike Evans, the great bucks receiver. He gave me four points. And that, so that was a bad start to the Lobos week. And then one of my opponents this week was Cooper Cup of the Chargers, who had like 35 points or something, or the Rams rather, right? He's the Rams, yeah. Yeah, he's, he was, uh, he's with the Rams. Yeah, Co Cooper Cup of the Rams had like 35 points, so it's going to be a rough go, man. I need a miracle for the Lobos um, winning streak to continue, but still, good start for the Bows. Yeah, not a bad start at all. So good, Hard Knocks actually had to take a week off just so they could keep up, but they're back this week. Let's go ahead and throw it to the next episode of Hard Knocks, Greg's Lobos, episode four. Hell yeah. Gentlemen, my Lobos, welcome back to the meeting room. We are here with good news. I don't have to tell you guys because you went out there and did it. Four wins in a row. Four wins in a row. We are tied for first place in PFPI Fantasy. I could not be happier. We had four guys with 27 or more points last week. We're getting scoring from all over the map. Let me put it to you this way. Eljack gave us 42 points Monday night. We didn't even need it. That's how much we won by. So we are on a real high right now. But guess what? 
It's not good enough. Damn it. I am here to tell you we are not going to rest on our laurels. We're going to sit on our laurels and act like they're full of needles. And we don't want to rest on our laurels or sit on them. We want to get off our laurels. I got to figure out what a laurel is, but we want to get off our laurels and start doing more. Start aiming higher, climbing, aiming, winning more. We've won four in a row. It's not good enough. And there's going to be changes at Lobo's headquarters. Okay, don't sleep easy tonight, gentlemen, because there's big news ahead. Look yourselves in the mirror, not admiringly, not to comb your hair, but in a self-critical way, because changes are coming. We're good. We're in fuego, and it's not good enough. There's going to be changes made on this roster. Wednesday, 10.30 a.m., Lobo's headquarters. While the team rides the high road of victory, Greg Cody finds himself on the warpath. Like I always say, boys, good interceptions like good contraception. You got to keep them boys from breaking through. But you also know I'm a man of faith. You got to protect the... Oh, hey, Coach. Coach Husk, I need to address the defense real quick. Listen, guys, this isn't easy for me. I know I told you a couple of weeks ago... I got your back. The Dolphins' D is my D for the whole season. And I meant it at the time. Gentlemen, things change. Our performance on D has not gotten the job done the past couple of weeks. Even though we've been winning, we need to upgrade. And guys, I'm getting getting emotional here. Guys, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to let you go. Oh, crying like Dan Campbell here. Guys, you're fired. Pack up your stuff. Leave Lobo's headquarters. We have signed the Chicago Bears defense to take your place. We had to do it. I appreciate your service. If you need a letter of recommendation, my secretary will make one up for you. Put my name on it because I'm here for you. But for now, we welcome the Bears D to Loboville. And that's one of many changes we're making around here, guys. We're not singling you out. Uh, we fired Young Hu Ku, the kicker, replaced him with Graham Gano. We signed Daryl Williams to replace David Johnson. We signed Hunter Henry to replace Dallas Goverter. The Lobos are winning. The Lobos are not satisfied. So Dolphins defense, don't take it personally. It's the Lobo way. We appreciate your service, really do. Before you leave the premises, please turn in your Lobos playbook. And I hate to do this to you. I hate to have to ask. We also need you to turn in however many Lobo mints you have. Thanks, gentlemen. Okay, we had to fire the Miami Dolphins from our Lobos fantasy team, and it hurt me to do that. They turned in their playbooks and their Lobos mints, and we're moving on. But you know what? We have high hopes, and uh, we have high hopes that you all enjoy this podcast. We really did. It was Greg week. We had a lot of celebration going on, went a lot of different places, brought you with us, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Pod family, we love you. Uh, We respect you. Uh, we love everything about you and anoint you as wonderful people. And hopefully you'll be with us again next week. We'll see you then.
Yeah, so uh, what do you think about you having Greg week, but then Chris not inviting you out on the boat? You still haven't been on Izzy's boat. Uh, no, and, and what's funny is every time I talk to Izzy, uh, he ends the conversation by saying something to the fact, hey, we got to have you out on the boat. And, and then it just never happens. But I love Izzy. I really do. I love his boat. I love his uh, everything about him. And you know what? It happens or it doesn't happen. I'm not really a boat guy, but I love knowing people who have boats and invite me out. So I'm here for you, Is. I'm here for you. 